The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus had been baptized, Just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. May I have the grace to speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. My late husband's father was a no-nonsense kind of guy who met all people on the same footing. Pop was comfortable with the many people from all sorts of backgrounds with whom he worked in rural Georgia, from corporate executives to illiterate woodsmen. His sister-in-law was just the opposite. She was a national officer in the Daughters of the American Revolution, and she took great pride in her ancestry and that of the other people with whom she associated. She had a very elaborate family tree, carefully drawn in handsome calligraphy, showing direct lines through her Charleston ancestors with all their heroic titles and proper marriages. She did not find it amusing when Pop once asked her, who did you get to prune that tree? (laughs) At some level, all of us want to be associated with the right people, whether it's the in crowd at school or those who distinguish themselves by their rebellion and refusal to conform, whether it's those on the rise in their careers or those in humble service, we usually seek association with a group which shares our values or our aspirations. We seek the company of those with whom we wish to identify. With whom does Jesus associate? In today's Gospel from Matthew, we see the adult Jesus for the first time. He's out with a crowd of people who've gone to see the phenomenon of John the Baptizer. John is a rough-appearing preacher from the wilderness who is not impressed with the ancestry of the children of Abraham. In the tradition of Hebrew prophets, he speaks of divine anger at sin, and he calls for repentance to prepare for the coming of Messiah. John offers the water of baptism as a sign of repentance, that is, a washing away of sin and a conversion, a turning around to a new life. All four Gospels record that Jesus comes to be baptized, so we know this is a significant event in the story of Jesus' life. There are different details in the stories. In today's account, Matthew has John question whether Jesus should be baptized at all. So the question arises, 
If baptism is a sign of forgiveness of sin, why did Jesus, whom we are taught was sinless, need to be baptized? What was he doing with all those sinners? John did not invent baptism. Jewish practice at that time used water for ritual purification in several ways. Ritual washing was the standard preparation for priestly offering of sacrifices, and especially for the annual Day of Atonement. Visitors to the temple could not go into the inner court without washing their hands and feet. And converts to Judaism participated in a ritual washing as part of a purification ceremony for newcomers. John's preaching focuses on repentance, and he offers the water of baptism as a sign of cleansing. It's actually one of several images associated with baptism in the Bible. It's also a sign of initiation, a rite of passage into a new community. Baptism is a sign of adoption. When Jesus is baptized, a voice says, This is my beloved Son. Baptism also signifies the gift of the Holy Spirit, the empowering presence of God in the world. The baptism of Jesus initiates his ministry. It signals an important clue to the nature of that ministry. Jesus identifies with humanity in all of its conditions, including its sinfulness. He's not afraid of being seen with the wrong people. When John calls the crowd a bunch of poisonous snakes, you brood of vipers, Jesus does not run for cover. He gets right in line with the rest of the folks and wades into the water with them. And he spends the rest of his ministry reaching out to all kinds of people, to social outcasts, to powerless women and children, to scholarly Pharisees and Sadducees, to the mentally and physically disabled, to all of God's children. Can we do less? Truth be told, we don't want to be seen hanging around with the wrong people. As Barbara Brown Taylor points out, we spend a lot of time in the Christian church talking about God's love for sinners, but we sure do go to a lot of trouble not to be mistaken for one of them. (laughs) In a church I once attended, plans were being made for an overnight shelter in the church. In one meeting to discuss the project, a parishioner objected to the idea and blurted out, suppose one of them should stay for Sunday morning services. The Reverend Dr. Joanne Terrell, a minister in the African Methodist Episcopal Church, describes an experience in her first year of seminary. In the middle of the night, she received a call from one of her fellow seminarians asking her to sing at a funeral of a young person who had just died of a drug overdose. She stayed awake most of the night struggling with this request. She said she felt terrible for the victim but that she also felt repelled by the cause of death. She was angry that someone someone so young had wasted their life, and she felt that her participation would somehow be construed as condoning drug use. As she slept, she had a vision of Jesus' forgiveness. When she looked to see the recipient of Jesus' love, whom she expected to be the drug addict, she saw her own face. 
Jesus is down in the water with us, not standing on the bank, picking out who should be in the water and who shouldn't. The one who incarnates God comes to be with all of us to break down the walls that, have, that we have set up around ourselves. An acquaintance of mine described his excitement in preparing for membership in the Episcopal Church because he enjoyed learning about theology and liturgy. He resonated to the emphasis on reason and tradition along with biblical teaching. When the time came for the confirmation service, my friend says he became uncomfortable when he realized that one of the confirmands was an intellectually disabled man. As he described his reaction and reflected on it, he recognized that his own prejudice was blinding him to the most basic message of all. God welcomes all of us. Jesus' followers are called to be a community founded on love, equality, and mercy. Our beloved former rector, Bishop Jack Spong, has worked tirelessly to help us see this inclusive message. In his book, A New Christianity for a New World, he writes, I see Jesus as one who is constantly dismantling the barriers that separate people from one another. I see him inviting his followers to join with him to walk without fear beyond those security boundaries that always prohibit block, or deny access to a deeper humanity. In this time of great divisions, and especially with the rise of hate crimes, we must stand in solidarity with those who are being marginalized, targeted, and killed. Here's an example in the city of Billings, Montana. A few years ago, anti-Semitism was on the rise there. One December, a brick was thrown through the bedroom window where six-year-old Isaac had stenciled a menorah as part of the family's Hanukkah celebration. When the police came to investigate, the mother was troubled by the officer's advice that they should remove the symbols for the safety of the family. When a neighboring mother heard of this incident, she imagined the heartache of telling her own children that it would not be safe for them to celebrate Christmas. She phoned her pastor and asked that the story be told in church on Sunday. At the service, paper menorahs were distributed and then sent to other churches. After a few days, more homes and churches were displaying the Hanukkah symbols. The violence continued. Two churches and six cars had bricks thrown into them. But the people persisted. Soon businesses and community buildings were displaying the symbols and signs that said, No hate, peace on earth. Finally, the newspaper published a full-page drawing of a menorah and invited its readers to cut out the image and place it in their windows. In the town with fewer than a hundred Jewish families, the menorah was proudly displayed in thousands of homes all over the city. And now the hate groups couldn't find their targets. As the holidays wore on, the incidences of violence slowed. 
New friendships were formed and greater understanding developed. And little Isaac experienced firsthand the miracle of light overcoming darkness. Jesus has not hesitated to take our humanity on himself. He is not afraid to be identified with all of us. As we renew our baptismal covenant today, we reaffirm our identification with this Jesus as we promise to seek and serve Christ in all persons and to respect the dignity of every human being. We acknowledge our own adoption, our acceptance by God, regardless of the conditions in which we find ourselves, whether powerless baby or consenting adult. We are all in need of God's love and mercy. God's arms open out to all of us. Amen.